Hello, everyone, and welcome to our podcast. This is Pastor Mike with the Aliante Community Baptist Church. We invite you, your family, and friends to join us as we study God's Word. So, let's begin. Amen. Always so beautiful. Always so beautiful. We thank you, Mr. Benjamin, for that. I'd like you to turn in your Bibles this morning to the Gospel of Matthew as we continue our study in Matthew. Matthew chapter 9. We're going to look at one of the apostles, in particular Matthew, the writer of, of the Gospel of, of Matthew. And the sermon is entitled, Follow Me as Jesus called to Matthew, and we're going to read here, beginning at verse 9 in chapter 9 in the Gospel of Matthew. As Jesus passed on from there, he saw a man named Matthew sitting at the tax office, and he said to him, Follow me. So he arose and followed him. Now what happened as Jesus sat at the table in the house, that behold, many tax collectors and sinners came and sat down with him and his disciples. And when the Pharisees saw it, they said to his disciples, why does your teacher eat with tax collectors and sinners? When Jesus heard that, he said to them, those who are well have no need of a physician, but those who are sick. But go and learn what this means. I desire mercy and not sacrifice. For I did not come to call the righteous, but sinners to repentance. Let's pray, please. Our Father in God, we come to you, and as we study your word, we pray that you be our teacher today. By God the Holy Spirit, to the glory and the honor of God the Son, the Lord Jesus Christ. Father, we pray for every individual and every family represented here and listening by internet podcast. Father, we pray for healing and for comfort, for encouragement, for salvation, for forgiveness of sin, the discovery of eternal life through Jesus Christ. Speak to us now, Lord, we ask through thy Holy Spirit, through your holy word, in Jesus' name, amen. And so last week we looked at the 
event in the life of the Lord Jesus where he had delivered some men from spiritual bondage. And you'll recall that the people in that particular area, Gadara, they wanted nothing to do with him, so they asked him to leave. So they got back into the boat and they made their way back to Capernaum, where he was basically stationed, if you will, during the early part of his ministry. And as he passed by, he came to the toll booth where taxes were being collected by a man by the name of Levi. That's how the Hebrews would pronounce it, Levi, or Levi. You say, well, wait a minute, it says Matthew. <laughs> well, over in the Gospel of Mark and in the Gospel of Luke, you'll find that this same uh, event is described, but he's called Levi because that was his, his name. And just like today, we have several names and some nicknames. I made a call last night, and of course it comes up Miguel, because that's my, my uh, official name on my birth certificate. That's the Spanish way of saying Michael. But uh, my parents, my mother called me Michael, and my father called me Michael. And there was a certain tone, you know, that they would use <laughs> if they were calling me because I did something wrong. <laughs> Uh, my goal. <laughs> but uh, my sisters called me Mickey. And my friends in school called me Mickey. But uh, in the service, they called me Ron, short for Rodriguez. You see? They called me Ron. And when I was a principal, the kids called me Dr. R for the, you know, the R for the last name. And uh, so Matthew. It's believed that Jesus may have actually given this name to Matthew, to Levi. And it means God's gift. God's gift. And here in the, in the book of Matthew, he reveals himself. He's the writer of the gospel of Matthew. Levi, or Levi, was the name given to one of the sons of Jacob, who had the 12 tribes or 12 sons of Israel. And uh, Levi is the tribe that was designated as the priestly tribe. And the word, or the name, rather, Levi, actually means joined, joined to. But Matthew was considered a traitor. Prior to coming to know Jesus as Savior, instead of being joined to his fellow Israelites, he became joined to the Romans. He had become a publican. That's what the term really is. And in the Latin, it's publicanus, which means Roman tax collector. In English, we pronounce it publican. But that's what Matthew had become. The old Matthew, that is Levi or Levi, he had joined himself to the Romans. <clears throat> and so, by fellow Jews, he was considered a traitor and he was despised. And so the term sinner, you see, because he was a traitor to his people, 
the tax collectors of that particular day were required to, to collect a certain amount of taxes for the Roman government. But they were also given authority by the Roman government to charge over and above that for their own profits so long as what they charged did not cause the people to revolt. So they became filthy rich. They became filthy rich. You know the strange thing is a person goes into politics, just a regular you know, middle class person, and um, until their new raise kicks in, you know, they were making, a, I believe it was $174,500. $174,500, that's how much they would make. That's what their annual salary is. And then they make a little bit more if they have a particular position, you know, if they're the majority, the minority leader, et cetera, the whip, and et cetera, et cetera. They get a few extra, few extra bucks. But isn't it strange that by making 100, we'll just say 175,000 to round it off, that when they leave office, most of them are multi, multi, multi millionaires. 20, 30, 40, 50. I think Miss Pelosi, Speaker of the House, is worth, she and her husband, 200 million dollars. How does a person get that rich? making $175,000 a year. Well, that's a, that's a topic for another time. <laughs> Matthew had become filthy rich. Or I should say, Levy had become filthy rich. Oh, but there was something about his heart. Something about his heart that God knew. Amen? That Jesus knew. Because he knows every single one of us. Nothing is hidden from God. And so Jesus walks by and he looks over and he says, follow me. You notice he gets up. He gets up and he, he leaves it all behind. And he follows the Lord Jesus. He left his past behind and followed Jesus. Today is Father's Day, and we, we celebrate the, the privilege of being a dad and, and the precious memories of our, of our own dads. Now, some people have a, a negative experience or negative memories of, of their dads. Well, only the Lord is perfect. Only God the Father is the perfect Father. But here in this, in this lesson, we have some very important truths. And especially for our men, because today we need men who will follow Jesus. We need men who will not compromise their lives. We studied the life of Solomon, how tragic, how tragic. In Sunday school's lesson, 
There's a lesson of Solomon who ended up compromising his loyalty to God. Oh, the power of womanhood. But how sad and how tragic, because all through the scripture, so many women place so much stress and pressure upon their husbands to be loyal to them and disloyal to God. You say, what? Well, beginning with Eve in the garden. We can go all the way to Ananias and Sapphira in the book of Acts. Matthew left his past behind and followed Jesus. Now, notice what he does. Matthew invites Jesus to a dinner feast. You say, well, how do we know that? Well, in, in Mark's and Luke's account of this event, it says that Matthew threw a feast for Jesus. He invited him to a dinner feast. And notice, Matthew was comfortable with Jesus in his home. Are you at home with Jesus? Or is Jesus at home with you? Is he the privileged guest in your home? Or is he a stranger? in your home. Matthew was comfortable with Jesus being among his family, his friends, and his co-workers. His co-workers. Notice that. Oh, today they say, well, you can't talk about politics and religion at your job. Well, I worked in the public school system, and it, you know we had a lunch hour, right? It wasn't really a lunch hour. It was 30 minutes. <laughs> but a little lunch period right? and you'd get to, to sit in there and talk and so so many of the teachers would talk about all of the parties and everything else you know that they were that they were involved in and so it was my opportunity to talk about the Lord and I remember this one young lady she was an art teacher she says well you know I find it very difficult that it was uh, that it was Eve that uh, you know how do we know it wasn't Adam who who who, who ate of the apple? Well, it wasn't an apple. It doesn't say it was. Well, whatever the fruit. How do we know it wasn't Adam? Well, because the Bible says it was Eve. Because the Bible says it was Eve, and God's word does not lie because God doesn't lie. And so we would, we would talk about the Lord. And then, you know, the conversation would get a little louder. And very quickly, the teacher's lounge would become empty. <laughs> and it would be just me and one or two others who were there. Because people don't want to hear about the Lord. But that doesn't mean you can't share him with your coworkers, or with your family, or with your friends. Because if you really love him and love them, you will share him with them. You ought to be comfortable 
with Jesus among your family, your friends, and your co-workers. Now notice that Jesus accepts the invitation and he attends the feast. He's there in the house. He's eating. And Luke tells us he was eating and drinking. Oh, you know, we have some legalists also in the church today. But the Bible tells us that they accuse Jesus of actually being a drunkard. Did you know that? Yeah, it's in there. It's in the scripture. That's what they said. He, he, he speaks to them and, and he says, you wouldn't listen to John. And he came neither eating nor drinking. Remember, he ate locusts and wild honey. You see, he grew up out in the wilderness. And he came and he preached that message. Repent, for the kingdom of heaven is at hand. And behold, the Lamb of God, which takes away the sin of the world. He was not a compromising man. And they took his head because he dared to preach against the political leader who was committing adultery with his brother's wife. We have much of that going on in our own country today. And they don't want you to talk about it. John the Baptist preached and Jesus said, of men born among women, there's no one greater than John the Baptist. An uncompromising man who followed the Lord. We need men who will follow Jesus today. Men who will stand up for the truth. Men who will proclaim the gospel. Jesus accepts the invitation. He attends the feast. And he's having a great time there with them. Jesus interacts with people from all backgrounds because he is the Lord of all, of all people. So what else happens? Well, there's some other people there too. See, Matthew had invited all of his co-workers, his friends, other tax collectors, publicans, sinners. And so the Pharisees are also there. Notice, they display a condemning attitude, an unloving heart, a condemning. It goes beyond the judgmental, because, you know, the world, they say that we're very, we're uh, judgmental, where we're supposed to be judgmental. The Bible teaches that we're to use judgment. We have to, we, we judge every day. It is a good thing to judge between right and wrong. Ah, but what we don't have the authority or power to do is to condemn anyone. There's a difference between judgment and condemnation. And the Bible teaches that, that we are not under condemnation because we've been saved by the Lord. And we're saved forever. There are some folks who don't understand that. You're once saved. If you are truly saved, you are saved forever. And I, I, I realized that I forgot I was going to share a, a passage with the, the Sunday school class this morning because um, the Lord speaking to David before Solomon became king. And uh, the Lord speaks to David and he tells him, he says, if your sons remain loyal and faithful, I will bless them and 
they will remain upon the throne. It will not fail that one of your sons will remain upon the throne. Well, when we go back into the genealogical record, the Lord Jesus is a son, if you will, of David the king. And Jesus is the eternal king. Amen? But the Lord also told David that even if the, the children were unfaithful, God would still show them mercy. You follow? Because God is, is faithful. He's, he's merciful. Well, they observed Jesus interacting with the tax collectors and the sinners. All those wicked people, right? As we've mentioned before, you know, like the rest of us respectable sinners. They were having a fantastic time, eating and drinking, slapping each other on the back, telling stories, probably telling long tales, maybe even a few fish stories, you know. So they confronted disciples and they say, your teacher is hanging out with sinners. They were condemning his action as well as those people's. Now notice Jesus responds, but go and learn what this means. I desire mercy and not sacrifice. <coughs> it's a quotation from some Old Testament passages. I believe we have time. Let's turn to, to Micah over in the Old, Old Testament. Micah. And now Micah, uh, his name is, is actually like, like my name. It's a form of, of Micah. And in Micah chapter 6, and beginning in verse 6, With what shall I come before the Lord, and bow myself before the high God? Shall I come before him with burnt offerings, with calves a year old? Will the Lord be pleased with thousands of rams, ten thousand rivers of oil? Shall I give my firstborn for my transgression, the fruit of my body for the sin of my soul? And notice what he says. He has shown you, O man, what is good. And what does the Lord require of you but to do justly? to love mercy and to walk humbly with your God. And then turn over to Psalm 51. Psalm 51. And beginning at verse 16 in Psalm 51. For you do not desire sacrifice, or else I would give it. You do not delight in burnt offering. The sacrifices of God are a broken spirit, a broken and a contrite heart. These, O oh God, you will not despise. You notice? Now, is he saying that we shouldn't 
sacrifice anything for the Lord or that we shouldn't live a devoted and dedicated life for the Lord? No, that's not what he's saying. What he is saying is that religious ritualism without true devotion is worthless and meaningless. God knows where the heart is. And you see, these Pharisees, these religious leaders, were condemning these people who were in fact sinners, yes, like the rest of us, but who also were created in the image of God for whom Jesus would go to the cross for. And I dare say that we have many Pharisees in the church today. Sadly. Sadly. They were self-righteous. But our Lord Jesus sincerely cares for and loves all people. And we as his people are to care for and love all people. And as we've mentioned many times before, there are some people who are real hard to like, let alone love. That's the truth. There are some people who are so difficult to get along with. You can't, it, it's, it's almost impossible to get along with them. And yet, we are to love them in the Lord. We are to pray for them to come to know the Lord. We're to pray that they will come to know Jesus as their Savior. So what do we learn from this passage? I hear something there. Okay. <laughs> like Matthew, we're called to follow Jesus. Dedication. Dedication. We are to dedicate our lives to Him. Like Matthew, we're to be comfortable with Jesus in our homes and among our family and friends. We're called to be witnesses. Witnesses. Unlike the Pharisees, we're to look upon people with mercy. Mercy. While being mindful of our own sinfulness and God's mercy in our lives. God's grace. Grace. Real men honor God and acknowledge Him as our loving, merciful, forgiving, heavenly Father. Humility. Humility. The greatest lesson that I learned from my dad was to forgive. As a little boy, we had these, we're in his nursery, we had these, he had these chairs, he'd cut the legs off of the chair that he sat in, and I sat in a regular size chair. And so we were even, eye to eye, you see. And I remember the lesson for that day was to forgive. And he shared with me that so many people harbor bitterness and anger, and it results in them becoming a miserable person and making other people miserable as well. 
people who harbor anger and an unforgiving spirit rob themselves of the joy of life. They also rob themselves of health, mentally, emotionally, spiritually, and even physically. Because counselors can tell you, psychologists and psychiatrists can tell you, people who harbor anger and hatred and bitterness in an unforgiving spirit negatively impact their own lives and rob themselves of the joy of life. I learned that as a little boy. He said, always be ready to forgive and always forgive. You will be the better and healthier for it. God, our Father in heaven, desires to forgive. He sent his son to the cross so that we will discover and experience the amazing grace of God. We sing that song, the forgiveness of God. Real men honor God and acknowledge him as loving, merciful, forgiving, our heavenly Father. Matthew, listen, he followed the Lord Jesus. You have a choice today. You have a choice to follow Jesus. We're going to sing a hymn of invitation. Have thine own way. As we sing this hymn, this invitation is an invitation to give your heart and your life to the Lord Jesus. To also follow him in believer's baptism. To become a member of this particular church. But to do that, you must step out and actually come down the aisle. No one down here is going to bite you. There's nothing to be afraid of. No. It's God's invitation to you. Let's stand, please, and let's sing. And as the Lord lays it upon your heart, you respond to Him. pray that you have been blessed by today's lessons from God's Word. And we invite you to contact us with any questions that you may have, especially questions regarding your relationship with the Lord Jesus Christ. We want to help you with your walk of faith in the Lord Jesus Christ and with your understanding of His Holy Word, the Bible. Our contact information is listed in the podcast show notes. May God richly bless you.